Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, we're recording, and then I'll do this. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello. Tis old Grey Whiskers here. Tis a while since I contacted you, so I thought I might send you a dumpy dum. So here I goes then. Dumpy 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 dum dumpy dumpy doo dar dumpy 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 dum dumpy diddly dum. Dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum. Dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum. Well, that's my best effort anyway. So, to all them listeners, don't you forget to go onto that there Patreon thing and give your dollar episode or whatever it is. That'll do fine because that'll keep <laughs> going. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Oh, I forgot. The end should be Dumpty Diddly Dum. Ah, or oh, you two. This be Amsterdam Dave. I be your um. I forgot his fucking name. Lillian, Lillian Archer. What? She's in it. She's eight years old. She's sitting on a fence. I'll get his name, you know, the old one. Walter Gabriel. He comes and says, Hello, young, long, young Lillian. It's about half eight in the morning, you know. Shouldn't you be off at school? And she's smoking a, a sly number six or maybe even a joint. Who knows? Well, sumptuously swigging from a little bottle of cider going, School sucks, Granddad. Well, you're not my Granddad. That's a general insult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was about at the time. I shall leave you because I'm running out of time. I think. Oh, uh, you know what, Lucy? I just love yeah. Amsterdam Dave. He's our co-host <laughs> on this week's. <laughs> so, <come on. laughs> I'm sure Dave couldn't get up for work the next day. Whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> Dave, mate, please. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe maybe if he's Amsterdam, Dave, it wasn't the drink, it was something else. I was going to say, it could be, yes. <laughs> yes. Hmm. But folks, this is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality <laughs> docudrama drama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the pet therapist that is Royfield Brandt, and with me I have the hissing nightmare that is... Lucy Freeman. 
and the last part of Hilda's visit to the Laurels, folks, is you know this week's Dumpty Dum was from old Grey Whiskers, a reprise from last week. Now, Lucy, we need some new ones. Do you remember, like, the last few months, we've been festooned with dum dums and we've been, like, saying, yes. oh, we've got, we've got them all saved up. Like an EU mountain of, like, dum dums uh, They We ain't got any anymore. Deficit. Right. <laughs> like, so, so we, we need, you know, we've got negative... That was quick. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, negative um, equity but, in the dumpty exactly. area. Okay. We, we have burnt through those in double quick time, folks. So you need to come to the aid of the party. Now, if someone's going to come to the aid of the party, Lucy, how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundup. Sanford and the Dumpty Dogs, Shambles and the Hepburn Voices. Oh, the hell? Sorry, sorry, Lou. Sorry. Fuck. I was actually switching my phone off and it played something. Sorry. That's very, that's very dramatic. Um, <laughs> my, Mike Hatton for his character counts. And to Derek, the Lone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek was at uh, Chris and Alice's earlier sympathising with Chris as uh, Derek got a similar sporting injury. He got smacked in the knackers, which was quite an achievement as he was playing backgammon. Yay! <laughs> on this week's episode, we calls from Claire, Christy, Dave, Ash, Justine, Simon, Sue and Paul. Paul? Is that Paul Rune from last week? No, that was Paul, but we've just played him as the Dumpty Dum, so let's take... Uh, have we got another Dave or not? Um, oh, I don't know. Probably. Okay, well, let's take anyway, we'll work it out, folks. Anyway, you'll, you'll, I'll tell you what, people, you'll get the dum de dum caller in that you deserve. So, um, <laughs> whilst Lucy's And busily... that's a double-edged sword, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, right. This is the week of Amsterdam Dave, I tell you, folks. There's going to be a bit more of him from wherever he came from. It's probably Amsterdam, actually. But before we get to Amsterdam Dave... And the caller in us, and we've yet to quite decide who's actually on the show. It's our Lucy <laughs> and her week in Ambridge. Well, we spent most of the week with Natasha Nokasha, as Twitter is referring to her, which was quite tiring. As she's so manic, it's like being strapped to someone on roller skates. First of all, she had to have the wingle sicket explained to her. It was all business as usual. Kenton clicking and crackling away on his bloody megaphone, playing the sort of music they play at rubbish fun fairs. The high point was Chris Carter being hit in what Alice oddly described as the doodads. Tracy's well-placed bowl will see him do very little dad, I would imagine, as his lower portion must now resemble a throbbing aubergine atop two red cabbages. Anyway, the winner was, oh, I can't remember and I don't care. Natasha's next port of call in her mission to win over the village who never really took against her that much anyway for leaving Tom who would and anyway they're so used to bonkers things happening that a total stranger turning up planting a load of nut trees marrying sausage boy after a fortnight in a damp pub room then clearing off to be welcomed back a week later with nary a question asked just means they all shrug and carry on picking bits of bunting out of their hair anyway the next person she had to ingratiate herself with was Kate who was wandering around the village with Hilda Ogden in a bucket the idea was that Hilda Ogden acted as a therapy animal for the colditz with piped-in Michael Buble that is the laurels. The fact that Hilda Ogden is Peggy in animal form has escaped Kate entirely, despite her legendary insight. So basically, Hilda went bursting into the laurels, criticised everyone, told them all they were, weren't told they were just lazy, wondered why things weren't like they used to be, refused to give them any money and shot up the curtains. 
To continue mm. her smarm fest, Nokasha assured Kate she'd be hurtling over to one of her yurts in the toxic swamp that is spiritual hummus and asked which of her therapies she'd recommend. Well, said Kate, our most popular therapy is the one where you lie down on the massage table and I play plinky plonky therapy music. It's a CD called Jolene Blows Pan's Pipe. And I light a can- <laughs> and I light a candle lightly scented with kefir, and then I give you a scalp massage with one hand, and with the other, I remove eighty quid from your wallet. Is that popular? <laughs> said Nakasha. Well, it's popular uh-huh. with me, said Kate. Mm-hmm. Next, she had Alice in her sights, and she wasn't quite so successful there. Incidentally, it's fortunate that Alice is an alcoholic, as her name lends itself beautifully to sounding pissed. Alice. Alish was for once quite astute <laughs> and described Nakasha as a car crash, which is rich from the emotionally unstable alcoholic daddy's girl. Kate and Alish are still a bit prickly with each other, but I thought it was quite brave of Alish to stick to her guns when Kate still had Hilda Ogden thrashing around in a bucket. Tony was a much easier target. Basically, Tony's like a whipped dog. He's so used to being shouted at and abused by his children and his wife that if any woman doesn't physically attack him, he's pathetically grateful. Nakasha was very kissy kissy bum kiss with Tony indeed and bought him a day out at a classic car show. He stupidly suggested Pat go with him, which is guaranteed to ruin it as everything he looks at she'll just shout, no Tony, leave it! And she won't let him buy a nice greasy beef burger from the overpriced beef burger stand but will make him eat bulgur wheat and tomatoes and tell him him he's enjoying it. Boo! Um, sensible Krusty though is not convinced by Nakasha at all. Didn't you think they were a bit trying a bit hard, Philip? I said, didn't you think they were trying a bit hard, Philip? She's bought some mature <laughs> trees for her new garden. No young, sprightly saplings for Krusty. She likes them old and a bit thick around the trunk. And then being Krusty and the Guardian writ large immediately ruined it for herself by feeling guilty that Emma and Ed could not afford to have trees. Emma and Ed would not want trees anyway, Krusty. They'll have a bay tree cut into a ball, a supermarket orchid on the windowsill, an astroturf so it don't make a mess when the kids play. So who has Hmm. Nakasha yet to win over? Shula, for one. But Shula's very busy having another crisis. This time she went trotting off to see Alan. Hello, she said. I want to be like you, hoo-hoo. I know what is right for all the peoples of the world. I have a loud, wobbly voice, and I'm judgmental as fuck. So I want to be a saint, but I'll start off being a vicar like you, only better. Well, the Christian faith accepts everyone, said Alan, but there are bloody limits. Now, my job is to ask you to go away and think, but failing that, just go away. Over at Brooker's, Jill was scandalised at Josh having a lady-type person over to do a bit of humpy-bumpy with. I don't know anything about her, she hooted. You don't have to know anything about her, Jill. She's bugger all to do with you. It's not the unmarried sex that's pissing her off, the lack of communication by Josh, or anything else. It's that the girl refused to let Jill make her food. That is the (laughs) only way you can maintain any power over Jill, by refusing food. Once she's rammed a bit of lemon drizzle down your gob, you're helpless, choking while she bangs on about her bees and throws flapjack at you. Jimmis's birthday mm. nonsense has been bust wide open by Jimmis, unsurprisingly. There was a moving little exchange in which Jimmis basically said, Alistair, you're a fuckwit and your ex-wife's a harpy, but I am <laughs> proud of you nevertheless. And Alistair said, oh, stop it, Dad, you're making me emotional. Ah, the English middle classes, the soppy sobs. Jazza was trying to work out what to do with all his money. 
He's dismissed saving it as boring. So rather than whacking it all on Carter's testicles running in the 345 at Kempton Park, he bought a tarantula, (laughs) the obvious choice. And top of the who needs a smack this week are Adam and Ian. Yes, the men that make Nigel Slater look gritty and working class are back from Bulgaria and have decided that as they are so worn out by the swollen ankles, nausea and constant fatigue they've got from looking at ultra scan pictures, which let's face it, always look like a storm over Utsira anyway, they're going to create a bucket list of all the things they want to do before the baby arrives. It was all the usual things, skydiving, cross-country cycling, getting through a whole sandwich without whinging about how tired you are. Then hilariously, Kate suggested (laughs) that the family should think of things they should do, which will be a challenge as Brian and Jenny are now mute. Debbie has now transmuted into the swirling circle of the Skype symbol. Chris and Alish are too busy nursing his gargantuan bollocks to have time to do a bucket list, which leaves Kate. And I would leave Kate in charge of a bucket list with the same confidence I would leave her in charge of an actual baby. If you want my suggestion for your bucket list, Adam and Ian, I would suggest A, get a nanny, preferably one that knows a bit about babies, as quite frankly, you two know less than diddly, and B, that's it really, the end. Oh, well done. Well done, you. That's a triumph this week. You are getting better at this, Lucy. It it was was quite long. (laughs) But I enjoyed... Listen, I, I like the longer length, Lucy. I love the longer length. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You forgot Rory. When you go through the, the, the Aldridges, uh, you named all oh, of them. But, God, oh, God, I did, didn't I? You did. Oops. Pro- proves I pay attention to your monologues. Yeah. Yeah, but he hasn't said anything for ages either, so we'll have no ideas, will he? Well, that's true. That's true. Now, hmm. Uh, where do you want to... You didn't mention um, Jim's forthcoming party did you yes i said it he'd been he'd bust it wide open all right smashing so you mentioned that then (laughs) right (laughs) oh well single wicket you mentioned that just looking through my notes Um, this week i thought not a lot happened but actually lots of peculiar things happened the thing i didn't talk about was the Mm. fecking bunting because (sighs) it Mm. was so silly So what, I couldn't, I can't even remember, or I don't even, didn't care, so it didn't register for long enough in my stupid brain. Mm. Who stole it? The Button Girls. It was, it was and, the Button Girls. And Jim girls. has been, but, uh, but Jim and knew. Jim and Jazza have been dangling it all over the village, have they? Yeah, something like that. Some, some, some nonsense like that. Why? Mm-hmm. Why indeed? Well, um, a caller in a d- does mention this this late uh, oh, okay. at a, at a late, later stage of this podcast. So you know, come on, Lucy, let's do, let's do this properly in order because, of course, you've listened Sorry. to all the calls. Because remember, last week we said this is a ramshackle enterprise of a, of a, of a podcast, and we mm. said we we're going to like, up our game, review. No, you and said edit you were going to calls. listen to the calls, and I because I like coming to them fresh. <laughs> is that what you call it? In other words, you yes. like doing no prep. No prep, talking <laughs> off the top of your head. You cheeky asshole! That takes no. ages. I've By sworn way, a lot already. We're only I, about I was going to say, I was going to say, I think it's Amsterdam Dave at the start of the show set you I off. I know. You've got a proper yep. potty mouth. I have, I'm sorry. Mm. It's GCSEs, There's... they're getting to me. How's Tilly doing? Oh, well, um, veering between. I am really pleased with that. That went brilliantly. Everything is going fantastically. I feel really, I feel really on top of things. To literally three minutes later, mum, 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 will you be angry if I fail everything? So it's quite difficult to know what actually is going on. Um, 
Um, <sighs> yes. It, it, so it, yes, it is it, but a, it's just it's just very stressful, and I don't yeah. even care what she gets now. I just want them to stop. Well, I think she'll do fantastically well because for no other reason, she's got a supportive family and mother. So she'll she'll do as well as she should. Now, Lucy, mm. um, I've got you know what we never hear about people taking exams, kids taking exams on the archers. You did. I think when oh, Josh no, was doing his did. exams, what there was am all I that talking about? No, about he's not. Yeah, no, no, then he no, didn't no. Go to- Lily and Freddie, yeah. Lily and Freddie, we yeah. did, we did, we did. Okay, In fact, right. We had nothing bloody but. Mm, no, that's true. I don't know. I just had a brain fart and completely said something to- so totally wrong that I need a slap across the chops. Uh, tell you who doesn't need a slap across the chops, and not a thumbs up, are oh, Lucy, Alistair Lloyd. AKA Michael Lumsden. Guess what? He's coming on the show. Yay! We got Alistair. Yeah. He's proper cool and awesome. <laughs> and guess, guess, guess who I'm interviewing tomorrow? Who? Susie Rids, AKA Tracy oh, Horribin. Tracy Horribin, the new Queen she's, of the Archers. Exactly. So I think she's the new Lillian myself. She's Lillian with a bit of jazzer. Isn't she? Because like, yeah. she's like a favourite, but like she's kind of off, but like funny and comedic. And no, you I, know, I had a cosmic thought about her on the cosmic, dog walk. Cosmic, yeah. I thought she is like the working. Born she's of the working. The, go on. She's, she's the working, working class, class. Linda Snell. Huh. She's the working class Linda Snell. She takes good, things. Good. Yeah, go on. What? Expand on that. Yes. She 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 takes things and she mm. takes over them and she wants to run them and she's mm. got very very high aspirations. She's got big sort of high standards. She doesn't care what mm. anybody thinks. Um she talks about what she wants to talk about whether or not it's appropriate or interesting for the people that are forced to listen to her. And uh, yes, that's what I think she is. Other than the cricket team, what else does she want to take over? Um well in the past she's tried to organize things, hasn't she? She tried to um uh, she sort of got very involved in the in the Hindu, I think. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Whose Hindu was it, for God's sake? I've forgotten. I just remember her being riotous. She sort of tries to help people. She's actually she's been got Emma's, a heart of gold. Em- um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Emma. Yeah, um, she um, she sort of does help people despite all her mouth. She's actually but very good. She good-hearted. only helps people because. She sees personal gain in it. She's not altruistic. Really? Oh, but like Will now. Grundy, she was she Actually, was supportive of him. Mm, okay, ish. Mm. Oh well, hmm. my jury's slightly no? out on that. Normally, you're okay. spot on with your observations, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not against the idea. One hundred and ten percent. Because I know that's like a percentage that you like. Because if Linda played cricket, mm-hmm. Linda would be doing what Tracy's doing. Trying to take over, sticking to her guns and saying, this is the way we should be doing it, regardless of... And then, and then just lecturing people whenever they challenge her. Linda should play cricket, you know. Mm. Linda kind of reminds me of Rachel Hayho Flint. That's yes. kind of like, you know, yeah. there's lots of jolly hockey sticks yeah. and just uh, that middle class dumb and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Linda should be interested in cricket. 
Yeah. As a bit of a, you know, as a statistician and, you know, this person's bold in a googly and all of that. And you also she's really, Linda's always really side. into, yeah, Linda's always really into village activities and stuff. So absolutely, it's amazing mm. that she hasn't. Oh, by the way, just while I remember, uh, mm. Michael Lumsden tweeted me to say that, please, could we um, plug uh, he is in a Terence Rattigan play, uh, which is on at the Orange Tree Theatre in Richmond in Ooh. July. It's a play called um, While the Sun Shines. And uh, go and see it. He's a lovely bloke. When's the last time you saw, you saw a play by Terence Rattigan? Oh. Oh, God, years, years, years. Hmm. Um, I listened to one the other day, though. Oh, what, now, on Radio 4? was that? Flipping heck. It was an audiobook one. Um, ah, about the French teacher. Eee! I've forgotten. I'm going to have to look it up now. What the title is. He always is. seems to me, seems to me like, he was, like his kind of plays have slightly fallen French out of favour. French without tears, that's it. Yes. Would I, be wrong, would I be wrong in saying that? No, I'm not wrong. Good. No, I mean he's very he's very um he's very of his time. He hasn't mm. he hasn't really translated to contemporary theatre as well as some of his contemporaries ha mm. uh, have, I think. He doesn't there's there's less of a timeless quality to, to Rattigan than other people, I think. Even so, um even Noel Coward, but but you know, like um Thingy, uh, who's in uh, Fleabag, is in um, yeah uh, a, a coward play in at the young at the old Vic in um, July, and that if if some of those are coming back or some of the younger male leads can kind of see the benefit of of or see the joy in in playing some of these sort of older drawing room comedies, then they might be a little bit of a revival, mm. which would be great because I love them. Hmm. All right, so out of the Wimslow Boy, the Brown Inversion, the Deep Blue Sea or Separate Tables, which is your favourite and why? <sighs> the Wilmslow Boy, I think. Why? Because of... Because he's... A, what Rattigan's really good at is writing about masculinity mm-hmm. and that's something that needs talking about a lot at the moment. So that does translate, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just the the sort of the confusion and the embarrassment of, of a, of a young boy is just, it's just something very relatable, I think. Mm. And it's, it's very, it's very moving and, um, yeah, just this family sort of trapped by, by, uh, convention is very sad. I, I've just about given up on Twitter. You know, I think my okay. uh, my yeah, lack, me too, actually. My lack of being able to structure what two hundred and forty characters into a coherent sentence, and just my whole just like I, I just don't like the anger of Twitter. I just it just bores me. However, yeah, me too. I I did retweet um, Jordan Henderson t- hugging his dad. You talking about? masculinity oh yeah have you you seen that no oh lucy it's the most beautiful thing so liverpool have just won the european cup and this is taken about an hour afterwards and all the liverpool players are still on the pitch and the camera is just focused on jordan henderson who walks over to 
um, to to the side to the hoardings, and um, he just hugs this man. And this man is kind of rather rotund, and just doesn't stop hugging him. And like, obviously, John Henderson's crying. He's just the captain of Liverpool, won the European Cup, mm. and he's just hugging his dad. And it's his dad, and he's just hugging him. And it's the most beautiful hug, which goes on for minutes. They're not letting each other go. Oh. And then, and then you discover that his dad has had throat cancer and had said to Jordan, because uh, the, the treatment was so invasive, that to oh, cut. Oh, didn't he say, I wasn't gonna see, I'm not going to see you exactly. while it's happening or something? Yes, oh. yes. You, you can't see me. You can't see me because it's going to really upset oh. you. They had to cut a 50p piece size of his tongue away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so Jordan hadn't seen his dad. He just won the European Cup. You should see those two men hug. Oh my God, Lucy! Oh. Like, if you want to, if you want to see men just like loving and appreciating each other, and and then, yeah, and then you just read back into the story, and, and like Jordan Henderson it comes from this working class uh, Geordie family, and I think like the first time he went to a football match was with his dad, and it was, and they. And it was like a European Cup final and he's like 12 and he says, I'm going to play in a European Cup final one day, Dad. And he did. You wow. know, it's just the whole thing. Oh, loose. Even now, you, you've got to. Oh, God. It's like Father's Day. I just tweeted Father's Day's come early. It came a week early because yeah. you just saw two men just love each other. Oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Father and son. Just utterly wonderful. So please... Um, Go on to, to onto the Twitters and just see two men just, just just loving each other and not giving a flying fig about anything. Just you know, it's the most wonderful embrace. Now, um, with that uh, kind of said, Terence Rattigan not, not done. Exactly like Ali- not exactly like Alistair and Jimus then. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, I was going to make a little bit of a link actually, and you've preempted me because I do have a thing about us men. I do. And I and and I do like the uncomfortable courtship dance and courtship dances is the completely the wrong the wrong set of words. The uncomfortable um relationship which is actually built on love and respect that they actually have for each other that obviously Jim was this reserved removed figure mm. when Alistair was growing up. But Jim is Jim is realizing this, but also Jim is trapped by his own upbringing that he, you know, he isn't exactly fulsome with throwing his arms around Alistair, etc. Um, and and I like it. I actually do like. And there is a triumphant, isn't there? There is also Jazzer as well. That there, there are a weird, um, there are a weird setup in that cottage, but yes. it seems to work. Jazzer should not be friends with Jim. Alistair is uncomfortable living with his dad, but it works. You know, Jazzer and Alistair have this weird thing. And, it, yeah. and it's lovely. It's utterly lovely. They ought to and, they ought to adopt Adam and Ian's baby, and then it could be like three was it three men and a little lady, that Tom Selleck <laughs> film. <laughs> it's got sick, weird <clears throat> rom com mm. written all over it that has. <laughs> and I, I hadn't really thought about it before, but they are the only all male household and mm. they're all decent sorts aren't they they're all decent yeah. sorts. none of them's a bit feckless or a bit well i suppose jazzer is a bit but you know you, you, you forgive him that but whilst we're on jazzer 
Right. And I know we talked about this before, but um, d- d- let's just talk about it again, because I've thrown my notes to one side. Screw them, Lucy. Um, why is it that Jazza can't have a romantic interest or a storyline which is about Jazza? And don't tell me about him getting, you know, him getting the money from Tom. That's not about Jazza, really. No. That's about Tom and, and Natasha changing their business uh, strategy yet again. It's odd because we, he still played as a 2D character. Totally. But he's, we're getting hints of 3D-ness, aren't we? He was actually more rounded when him and Ed were doing lots of drugs and stuff. Um, mm. Then we knew about his brother uh, when he was on the same estate, wasn't he? That um, the Grundys had to move to, um, and Meadow Rise. Uh, you, know, you sort of got a bit, yeah. You kind of got a bit of an insight into, you know, Jazza's background. Um, when Jazza bought Webster, I did laugh, but then just told you that just told you everything that you need to know that is always going to be just be played for laughs. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, he's bought a tarantula. It's called Webster. It's, yeah. You know, and then that's it. Yeah. It's, I mean, he has a, he has a fairly dreadful attitude to women in that, you know, he's just all about the physical and all about appearance. And, but <clears throat> I think his love Unless for Fallon. Fallon or his, yeah. yeah, his affection for Fallon is, is absolutely genuine. So whether he's, he's destined to be the clown because, you know, he's like a Shakespeare clown sort of thing because he's, he's, he's lost his love. The, the, the woman that could redeem him isn't interested and he's lost her and he's lost mm. her to the opposite of Jazza. He's lost her to the pillar of the local community, the captain, the cricket team and the local policeman, you know, um, whether it's, it's that, and he's just there as a foil. That's his sort of, that's his narrative. I don't know, but mm. it is a, it is a shame. And I definitely think the actor could, could deal with it. Um, and, and when he has had a chance to sort of get his teeth into things, he's been, he's been really moving and it's been really, uh, you know, he's been genuinely, you know, when he, when his character has been allowed out, he's been, he's been a genuinely good actor and a, and a really interesting listen. But I, I think in the early days of Eddie Grundy, Eddie was that figure. Eddie was the rural clown, the Shakespeare clown. And if anyone was going to, you know, take a situation and make it ridiculous, like, you know, the Grundy world of Christmas and all that. It was always Eddie uh, in the same way that Jazza does. But Eddie's been allowed to grow more and we've seen more of his sort of more serious side. So hopefully that will happen to Jazza as he as he gets older. But I mean, he's 30, well, what now? 30? He's going to be pushing on 40, isn't he? He's going to be mid to mm. late 30s. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say something which might be slightly controversial. Do you think that the character of Jazza has not really been expanded in the time that he's been on the show because he's a bit, in parentheses, loud. So they think he can't do the light and shade. Well, I hope not, because if we can see that he can, surely they can. Are we seeing that he can or... or, or is it just because he's a, such a he fan favourite? Exactly. Such a fan favourite. And because we know that he got his heart broken over Fallon, that we're just saying, you know, mm. give him a go. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to think of some times where he has been genuinely thoughtful. And the only thing that springs to mind is when he the helped choose Fallon's yeah, flipping Fallon's wedding, wedding dress. dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that is, is a bit one note, as you as you yeah. say. And maybe maybe we're only seeing him as, as good being serious because it's just contrasted with when he's sort of being loud and noisy and obnoxious and clowning mm. around. It appears to me that Tracy Horribin and Jazza are the two kind of you know, comedic yeah. foils who are just, um, I don't make a class issue out of it, but it just so happens that they're both working class as well. Yeah. Whereas at least when Linda Snell first came into it, she was, a, you know, a throwaway and a middle class foil, but yeah. she then, she has developed. Yeah. She was just like, you know, oh my God, your eyes rolled when you heard her voice for the first yeah. 15 years. But she's blossomed and she's an integral part of the whole village. And when you hear a voice now, you think, oh, this is the archers. The archers yeah. just started, you know, because five minutes in, Linda Snell starts speaking and you yeah. appreciate her. But that yeah. is in large part because the light and shade that you get with her is a relationship with Robert. You know, Robert yeah. has got her down pat. He knows how to play her. And also and- we know her backstory. We know that her secret sorrow, if you like, is that mm. she was unable to have children and really, really wanted them. We haven't got anything like that with Jazza. That is or Tracy. true. We don't know why they are like they are. Yeah, they're, they're just man or women eaters, aren't they? That's all they are. Yeah, yeah. For- forces of nature, but the hmm. You know what, Luce? Do we actually need the caller in or is? We could just keep riffing like this, nah, couldn't we? Nah, we'll just, just yak on, really. Thanks for bringing <laughs> in all that, but we don't need you now. It's fine. Do it yourselves. <laughs> but you know what, though? It's part, it's part of our remit uh, to do a bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Bridge3962. First off, it's a bit of ash. Hi, it's Ash here from Broccoli, the social worker, and it seems an instigator of a impromptu health and social care team around um, young Parby. <laughs> anyway, I heard what other people had to say. My two pennies worth is that it's a classic neglect case um, rather than uh, emotional harm issues. Um, it'll be picked up by school, dirty uniform, bit smelly, rickets, I don't know. Um, children's social care will get involved. <laughs> Will will tell them to fuck off, and then so they'll perhaps start looking for um, family alternatives, uh, threatening with a public law outline case. So he'll either end up in Bev's care or Clary, and he will have learned nothing. Um, wanted to talk about Natasha and Tom really quickly. Um, now, I've always wanted to push these two into a very deep, disused canal since they got their matching <laughs> tattoos. I almost vomited. Um, so when she came back... Did I hear rightly? Did she actually say we're marketing uh, our housewarming? Fucking hell. Unbelievable. Um, and just another thing, quick thing, Royfield. I'm a Fulham supporter, and you're absolutely right about Aston Villa fans and their sense of entitlement. Um, we had the misfortune, Fulham, to beat them at Wembley last year. Um, whole media <laughs> were expecting um, Villa to go up and we went against the script and um, a more charmless, unpleasant lot you couldn't hope to find. <laughs> totally <laughs> arrogant in their defeat. So um, you got that one spot on. And I had nothing against them until the 26th of May 2018. Anyway, keep up the good work. You're continuing to um, help me um, in, into healthiness. Um, so, yeah, all good. Bye-bye. Good. Bye-bye, mate. Bye. Uh, Luce, have you ever been to Craven Cottage, where where Fulham play? 
No, that sounds quite pretty, Craven Cottage. Exactly, it's not, it is. is it? It, no, it is. It is. It's utterly charming. I've been there twice. And like, it's like a beautiful old stadium. It's not ramshackle, like you think it was going to fall down on your head or anything like that, but it's beautiful and old. I don't know, it's made like 1910 <laughs> or something or another. It's utterly charming. There just happens to be a football pitch in the middle. And they just happen to play football there. You can just go there, hang out, eat your sandwiches and just enjoy, you know, uh, being very close to the Thames. It is wonderful. Fulham FC, what a charming football club. I love you even more, Ash, and I love Fulham FC. But like, you know, Villa Park, it's like, you know, Satan's arsehole. Horrible place. Don't ever go there. But like Craven Cottage with Fulham play, <laughs> lovely. Now, uh, talking about weird and wonderful things. And um, expletives. Um, we did say this is the show of Amsterdam Dave. Uh, here's Amsterdam Dave, part two. Oh, when I, what you got to remember is Elizabeth can't read. All right. So, like, because you, you know what? There ain't no school in Embridge. I mean, they may have oh. a useless bloody policeman who can't even arrest a bit of bunting. I mean, <laughs> uh, but, you know. Uh, anything else? Um, no, it'll go, it'll go quite well. All right, that's probably enough for now. Yep, that's Amsterdam <laughs> Day Part Two, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him arresting the bunting in Ambridge. <laughs> <laughs> now exactly. they will go to um, Lower Loxley, don't they? Yes. And um, Kathy, when Kathy was in, like I believe in the fifties, there was a village school, primary school, or something, another. Then when, by the time Kathy came into it, when I was listening, it was the next village along and it was the secondary school and that, and she used to teach at the secondary school. So you're right. There is no school in Ambridge. Uh, uh, well done, Amsterdam Dave. We'll hear more from you soon, no doubt. Now it's Claire from Clapham. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Dom. Claire from Clapham here. Uh, following up Hello. on last week's uh, pontification about whether they should do anything about bunting at all or whether it was fans influencing storylines. Um, can I just say, I've just listened to Friday's episode, and God, I'm so cross. I mean, none of it makes any sense. Why? I mean, obviously, the titty button would take the bunting. Well, ha, 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 of course, the button girls are infamous for that kind of thing. But, like, then what has Jazza got to do with it? And why is he paying her off in cigarettes to get the whole yeah. of the bunting? And then why would the gym care about making Harrison upset? Yes, like, Jim's got nothing exactly. against Harrison. What's all that about? Um and if they were a nooker who's doing this all this time, at the same time that Alistair and Shula have been planning their secret little thing, why haven't we seen some sort of balance between people's little plots? I don't know. The whole bunting thing is completely daft. And I'm just hoping this is the end of it. But I dare say it won't be because Harrison will want to get revenge. What the heck? Don't care. Stop talking about bunting. Give us a rest. On, on, a, on a quick plot prediction note, please let Adam and Ian uh, fall off a cliff or something whilst abstaining. <laughs> the baby, marry Roy, they can adopt it together yeah. and then they can be a happy family. And we'll Smashing. never have to go yeah. through the pain of seeing Ian and Adam trying to manage childcare because I suspect they might. Hi, Claire again. Not sure why it cut off unexpectedly, but just to say that I was about to say that I think Adam and Ian sorting childcare would be probably be worse than listening to Will trying to do it. Anyway, you're about to cut that whole section out. I don't know. Leave it to you, Royfield, to decide. And I will speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Claire. 
I, w- I feel totally vindicated, Lucy. Do you remember way back when, when New York Nigel was saying that, um, why is it that we've got it in for Adam and Ian? And, and I went, it's because they're totally bloody unbelievable. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Two gentlemen in their stage of life. Awful. Well, exactly. But also they would have gone into having this child thinking about childcare, especially Adam who is no pun intended yeah. at all, incredibly anal, right? And it has, yeah. has to have everything planned out. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just utter bonkersness that, yes. like, this baby's about to drop. Anytime soon, they're like, oh, how are we going to look after it? Sorry. Fucking nonsense. Oh, utter nonsense. Yeah. And then you go, there's no chemistry between the pair of them. And I, 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 I kind of do get it, right, that we live in a world where – there are still some people who are who are homophobic, and 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 it surprises yeah. us who live in a in a kind of liberal uh, bubble that there are that these people do exist, but they still are there. So the scriptwriters have deliberately said we're going to make these pair as boring as possible. They're not <laughs> fl- they're not flighty. They're not camp. They're not anything. Whatever, just to prove that two men can love each other. But my God, they're killing us as listeners. They're killing us yes. stone dead with this couple. And I'm with you, Claire, right? And, and I used to be the biggest Ian fan going in the noughts when Ian came into it. You know, he was in the kitchen doing his thing. Love me some Ian. Can't stand him with Adam. Can't stand him, right? It's just like, please, you just want to hit skip forward on your podcast listen and and i'm yeah. sorry all this you know bucket list who cares who cares I, uh, loose I just, you haven't I, got I, time to have a bucket list you're running around trying exactly to think, trying to put the cot together work out how the hell you collapse the pram god yeah you know and, and you ridiculous. know adam's they've been buying every... the whole world by now thank you thank you they should be off down mother care or whatever the modern equivalent is to mother care because that's Not probably pissing around in the hot tub making a bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's every second word is, oh, I'm so tired, I haven't got any time. Yeah. What's he doing a bucket list for then? Yeah, yeah. Utter and when he rubbish. said, "Oh, look, we want to do a, we want to do a bungee jump or something, or a, or a cycle across the country," I thought you've never expressed any interest in doing anything outside mm. Ambridge ever. Apart, you know, once he'd got Africa out of his system. Uh, but I secretly think that was because he was too scared to come out to his parents in front of them. So he has to go to Africa, do it, and then tell them he's done it when he comes back. But, you know, w- why would, you know, it's so out of character. Steve Doherty, who is a BBC producer, mm-hmm. tweeted earlier, I think the Archers has been body snatched. Just a theory. The characters look, <laughs> sound the same, but behave like complete strangers. Ghost in the machine. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it's like at the moment. It's weird. Really, really weird. And the other thing is as well, that even this, I want to go bungee jumping or jump on a bike and and, and ride wherever they're going to ride to, even those are uninspired. Yeah. Like at least come up with something, you know, to pique our interest and go, oh, you actually are interesting as a couple. I just, you know, oh, no, Luce. I There is not one bit of this whole storyline that I sign up to. And I and I'm pretty tolerant normally, but like no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yep. Anyway, um, 
there is a Dave. Remember you said, is there a Dave at the start when we were trying to figure out who was going to be on, on, the, yeah. on the show? Yeah, there is a Dave. It's Amsterdam and, Dave. Uh, probably. It's is Amsterdam there Dave. Dave. There, no, I, think it's, I think it's Amsterdam Dave, but like I had to label these various calls as different things. This one's actually called Dave 2, which is actually Dave okay. 3, but don't let that okay. worry you. Here he is. All right. Hello, you two. Amsterdam Dave again here. I know it's a fourth turn today, but uh, Roy Field, you can you can edit in and out, you know, all the crap. But try to give me a little, a little word on something. Um, I forgot what I was going to fucking say now. <laughs> yeah, um, something about... Uh, you can tell he's in Amsterdam now. Um, fuck. You know, somewhere in bloody Scotland, you know, that's all you should do, you know. Of course, you can see your, your, your miserable, miscreant husband. So you're going to have to have a 30 hour train journey to go and see him. Uh, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Sad, sad, sad. <laughs> anyway. The hell's he on about now? Uh, he was on about um, Emma having to go and visit Ed, and Ed's going to be banged up, and she's going to have a 30 hour train journey. Uh, journey to oh, visit him in prison. But th- yeah. Did that happen in, on Sunday, though? Uh, no, he's just saying that I think because I did. Edit oh, we see out... when he generally gets banged yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just thought I'd just cut to the chase because uh, generally yes. on Amsterdam Dave's calls, there's lots of um, are, um uh, yes. So I just cut. I cut you, you had you had the meat out of his call there, Lucy. Right. His, his call was maybe right. about three minutes long. I condensed it down into a pithy <laughs> 15 seconds. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's Amsterdam, Dave. And now uh, let's go along to <laughs> Sh- Sue from Shropshire. Hello, Sue. It's, oh, the throat. Hello, it's Sue from Shropshire, um, retired district nurse. I'm a second-time caller in her. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, Granny Bev. We heard her when she came and picked up Mia's things, and I noticed she said then that she noticed there was no food in the fridge, and, you mm. know, she was going to keep an eye on Poppy, but I can't see that she has. Being a grandmother myself and having a three-year-old, I, if I go a week without seeing my grandson, I get withdrawal symptoms, uh, but she doesn't seem to be bothered about po- Poppy at all, and I'm getting increasingly worried about being Poppy being left with... 90, nearly a 97-year-old, however old Joe is. Yeah. You know, I mean, can you imagine doing that? I don't think you'd do it. At any rate, that's uh, what I'm worried about. And I also agree with the other ringer in the last week about the pictures in the attic. I think they might turn out to be worth a bit. Let's hope so, fingers uh-huh. crossed. Um, and also, uh, Lucy, when you give out the numbers, this phone number, can you do it a bit slower? When I first took oh, it down, it took me about 10 <laughs> goes to get it all because it was so <laughs> rushed and I can't get those numbers down so quickly. It's possibly something to do with my age. I have now, because last time I said I couldn't go to my di- to thing in Bright- Birmingham, but uh, I can now in November. So Yay! it is in the diary and I'm looking forward to going, coming and seeing you all. Okay, love you all. Bye. Bye. Well done, Sue. Now, you see, Sue from Shropshire is... Mm. She should be Adam and Ian's nanny. She's experienced. She's an older woman with a medical background. Perfect. That's what they want. They want a Sue from Shropshire. I Unless agree. they can actually get the Sue from Shropshire. If not, they'll just have to get a pain imitation. But that's who they need. 
Do you know what the market town of Shropshire is? Uh, Whitchurch? Shrewsbury. Shropshire. Shrewsbury, yeah. Mm. Maybe, maybe Adam and Ian's baby could be looked after by Joe too and he could open a creche. <laughs> you can have Parpy and <laughs> whatever, and whatever they're going to call it. Mm. Well, the only reason why I mentioned Shrewsbury and mm. Shropshire is because uh, the the two names are exactly the same, but have been corrupted in the last 800 years. So it's Shrewsbury, but the county's called Shropshire, but actually the route is exactly the same. It's weird really? like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because hmm. there, there is no there is no Shrop town in, in Shropshire. It's no. Shrewsbury. Yeah, it's just odd. And it's not Shrewshire. It's just one of these I weird... I think I should call it Shrop town from now on, because <laughs> it just sounds funny. <laughs> It's one of those weird English quirks. Now, this woman is neither weird, but she's English. She's a little bit quirky. She's the wrong talk. Oh, she's the wrong kind of listener. It's our Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. I've just listened to six days of The Archers back to back. And I have to say, for the most part, I was absolutely hating it. So I was preparing myself to... uh, launch off a diatribe about how absolutely shite it all was, with the possible exception of Tracy, uh, and particularly Friday's episode with Natasha and Tom, where I couldn't decide if I was very, very angry or about to throw up. It was just ghastly. But then, yesterday, Sunday, Alan being very, very sound in his reaction to... Shula's quite preposterous, preposterous um, thoughts about uh, ordained ministry, and thinking back to the the message I sent a few weeks ago about the discernment pro- discernment process, I really think Shula hadn't really gone through the thought process in her own mind, let alone with uh, the church processes as well. So Alan was absolutely. Brilliant with that. So well done, the archers, mm. for once. Uh, she says uncharitably. But anyway, I really thought that was excellent. So it's a very positive call instead of uh, me banging on. So uh, I think that's about it, really. Anyway, love to everyone and speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Dusty. And I know we 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 kind of often do comment on the Church of England being this kind of rhythmical um annual backdrop to the archers and and really the fact that alan is really a glorified social worker so i actually did think it was important and i actually thought it was a very good scene where alan um does take shawler to task and say you know why are you doing this you know you, you're yeah. searching for something aren't you yeah uh, and i thought it was and very it was well kind of- done I've tried drawing and I was no good at that. I've tried this, no good at that. So <laughs> line dancing was booked up. So I thought I'd become a vicar. You know, it's kind of bloody hell. Didn't she, it, even, it, she even tried the judo or whatever for a time as well, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, about twice. I think it, mm. it is. she is desperately seeking something and it's... She's just sort of flopping around a bit, isn't she? She doesn't know what she wants, but... Mm. but um, I think I think she I think she played that scene really well actually. I think I think that was beautifully acted because you could tell that she kept saying, No, you've given me a lot to think about. 
I don't feel rejected at all. Oh, you know, there was sort of, she definitely did. And you could tell yeah. in the next scene, she went on to say, with Alistair, she said, oh, I've just had a bit of a, a shock. I've just had a bit of a, bit of a hard conversation with Alan. I don't want to talk about it. Because, you know, it did really hurt her. I mean, I think she thought she'd be welcomed with open arms. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, th- th- there was a definite sense of sort of rejection and dented pride there but but he was really assertive alan and he did it really well handled mm. it beautifully I think. He, he was he was very firm but very still compassionate yeah. he, he he was he was yeah. absolutely excellent and i'm yeah. a big big alan fan um it's just a shame that he only gets wheeled out when someone's died yeah. and or yeah. someone wants to you know become a vicar you know because yeah. um he's actually a decent bloke you know we do miss him and Usher, their interactions, which I'm not going to say were, were particularly stunning per se, but at least they gave you another side to him. Mm. Yeah. Apart from just all the God bothering, you know, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, well done. Well done, Dusty. And um, I like the fact that, you know, Dusty doesn't let all the, you know, bits of Christianity just like, you know, fall on deaf ears. She's like, nope, nope, we've had a little bit of Christianity on the show. Yeah. Let, let's talk about it because I'm big in the church yeah. and it's important. Yeah. So well done for you, Dusty. Well done indeed. Uh, now, do we have any emails, our Lucy? Uh, well, have we done other calls? Uh, uh, that's all I've got. Well, who do you think we're oh, missing? okay. Oh, maybe we... Oh, dear. Uh, Christy? Oh, actually, I think you're right. I do remember seeing a Christy. All right, let's... And Justine. Oh, I don't have a Justine. All right, I don't remember that. And Simon. Okay, now now you're making me feel really bad. Right, let's... uh... Apart from that, though. (laughs) (laughs) That was everybody done, was it? Okay. Hi, Lucy and Royfield. Christy here, first-time caller innerer. I've been listening to the Archers for a couple of years now. I came on board just before Helen stabbed Rob, so that makes me an Anisha, which makes me kind of sad because she lasted for such a short period of time. We didn't really <laughs> like her anyway. I've been listening to Dumpty Dum for a few months now and have been listening back to some of the back catalog because I enjoy it so much. Emma, Natasha, and buying on credit. I'm absolutely appalled by Natasha's spendthrift ways. I've been following her spending with interest. Going back to when Tom discovered her amount of debt, I completely agree with Tom. I would have been livid, though I would never have been so so stupid as to move in with and then marry someone if we hadn't talked about money and debt. So some of that's on him. Frankly, he should not have let Natasha get off with, oh, well, I just make the payments and everyone does it. It shows how just how emotionally immature he is that he can't have tough and necessary conversations with a partner. And now he's turning a blind eye to all her spending on gifts and parties and even participating in it with a trip to Cuba. They can't afford Natasha is also infecting Emma who has been working so hard to do things the right way to get ahead. Well, she thinks they are anyway. I suspect there will be some tearful episodes with her packing things up to return because the bottom is going to fall out of the house plans because of Ed's illegal activities. Meanwhile, I have a longer-term plot prediction that I've been sitting on for a bit. Toxic Tom and Tasha are going to nearly drive the farm to bankruptcy with their outlandish ideas, and the only way to save it will be to untangle them entirely from the farm's finances. Johnny, who has been proving himself to be the real farmer of the family with a decent head on his shoulders, will be the saving grace of the farm. Thanks for all you do. Bye. Bye. That's, that, that, that's what I said a few weeks ago. 
Christie. I no, I couldn't agree with you more. It's all going to come yeah. down to uh, to him, you know, son of John. If it's any comfort, Christie, by the way, you've now been a listener longer than Anisha was in the show. So there we go. <laughs> That's very, very good, considering that was your opening character. <laughs> now, from Christine... no, I think she's. I think she's spot on. Where they're pulling at, which if they're pulling, uh, they'll pull. Um, Pat and Tony will 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 sort of remove uh, Natasha and Tom, or they'll remove themselves from the farm because Pat and Tony will refuse to keep financing their stupid ideas, and then um, uh, then we'll see um, uh, Johnny sort of stepping up. Then yes. Mm. A good steady farmer. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good, you know, Luce. I'll, I'll play Simon. Who's Simon? Yeah, I'm sure that's B12 Simon, and I think we did him last week too. Yeah, it is. But let's give him a go. Hello, you two. This is B12 Simon. I'm calling from Borsalith in the heart of the Midlands. Just as I'm joining about Tom and Natasha, please, please, scriptwriters, just slow down. Spare a thought for those of us that find the flower and produce shows a little racy. Oh, we've just met. Now we're married. We're split up now. Oh, we're back together again and we're going to Cuba. Please, please, just slow down. Give us a break. That's all, really. Thanks for the show. Love you both. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for the call, sir. Uh, I love the idea of the flower and produce show being being sufficiently racy for him that he can't deal with anything else. That's very sweet. Do you think he might be in, had his tongue just very firmly in his cheek when he said that? Maybe. I do, but Maybe. I do. It's people are saying that uh, there may be a mental health issue with um, Natasha and this sort of manic behaviour she's displaying. This, you know, the, the the way she was talking, that very accelerated pace she was she was using when she was talking to um, uh, Tony and Pat about what she was going to do for Open Farm Sunday, and um, it was like, let's have wild animals on ice, you know, it just it just it was just one idea after the other, <laughs> and uh, you know, the people were saying, is she actually does she ha- is she does she have um, a bipolar sort of some sort of bipolar condition and that she's actually you know you know and that also goes along with the spending as well i hope that it's not that and i hope that it just is that somebody Mm. um just has a very different attitude to money because that's something we can we can all actually connect yes yeah i hope it's not that it's it's much more i don't want it to be another flipping sepsis let's all let's all learn about you know let's all learn about bipolar disorder (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's not about sepsis. I can't do two things at once. You know, the you know, since the eighties we've had a rise of credit culture and people mm. flipping cards, um, you know, maxing out one, going on to another, blah, blah, blah. You know, there are many people that, that live like this. And and as you mm. rightly kind of um, have said, many people who that work in industries which are about uh front and face and and perception Mm. you know whether it is kind of online and stuff or or pr and you know not knocking everybody does pr lucy you know there we go but but it's those (laughs) types of industries where um how you present is vitally important or at least is seen as being vitally important yeah and you know you can live in uh, in a shoebox, but you know you can drive. But you have to drive a nice car and and be presentable, yeah. etc. To yeah. uh, you know 
to seem plausible. So um, let's just hope that it's just that. It's just that she flashes the cash, you know, and then there are ramifications uh, to that. Uh, Right. Any emails are Lucy? Uh, Yes. From, Mm -hmm. hang on, Uh, Colleen, who says, I'm a first time writer in error. Um, she started listening to the Archers in 2008. Per your timeline, Bethany Tucker was born. I have no memory of that. And some lady I'd never heard of died, which I presume is Siobhan. My first memory is Fallon and Ed having a picnic on Leaky Hill after she came back from tour. Soon they broke up. I just got up listening to the Archers. I'm six months, I'm often six months behind. I listened to the last episode of your podcast and a caller in predicted that Ed and Elizabeth would get together. Ed, I think she means Will and Elizabeth mm-hmm. will get together. Yes, she does. I predict Lizzie will get together with Cradle Rocker Russ. Not sure if anyone else predicted that since I missed some Dumpty Dums. Also, I love the mystery of the missing bunting story. Well, you're the only one then, Colleen. I actually laughed out loud when the first piece was found. My biggest question is how could the bunting have faded if it was hanging out in the sun this many years? Wouldn't someone in the village have seen it? Good point. Yeah, but that it wasn't. Though, it wasn't hanging out though, was it? It's been put back out. No, that's out. what she means. How could it have been faded if it wasn't hanging out in the sun? Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yes. Anyway, let's let's not bring reality into this cracker storyline, Colleen. (laughs) Uh, Is that the end of the email? Yes. Right, cool. Uh, Is something you'll like, Lucy. Do you remember last week? When I just says, right, so it's ad break time. And um, how do you listen to uh, to the archers? Oh, oh God, sorry. all the loo pictures. <laughs> how do you listen to the archers? How do you listen to Dumpty Dum? <laughs> uh. oh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Lucy. I burst out laughing, spat my tea over <laughs> my keyboard. When that picture came through, <laughs> I just, it really did make my day. So <laughs> Bagwaller... Thank you yep. for your, your great graphics. And also, we mm-hmm. immediately had a message from Angela, the comedian Angela Barnes, who said, I am in Gatwick Airport. I am on the loo. I am, I've just got to reach that point of the podcast, so I thought I would tell you. <laughs> so, yes, so we've had, we've had television comedians messaging us to say that they're sat on the loo, and we've had pictures of people sat on the loo. He did point out it wasn't actually him. Yeah, it's not a, not actually him. But he did a nice little a little Photoshop montage of uh, the person know. sat on on the loop thinking <laughs> of you and I. And you know what? And this is this is the reason Deeply why disturbing. this podcast, right? We really should like get our acts in gear, Lucy, and actually get this thing properly organised. Uh, because oh, here we go. Katie McLeod found it. Katie McLeod on the Flick Chat app said, mm. guess where I'm reading this from? No. Oh, stop it, all of you. It's horrible. I said, to, this is and, worse than Map Corner. And Claire Asprey said, oh, that's a bit harsh. And I said, no, I didn't mean proper <laughs> Map Corner. But, <laughs> but like, but the thing is, Katie McLeod, she looks like, you know, like a sensible, put together adult, you know, but like there she was, she says, nope, nope, I do it too. So, you know what, Lucy? It's just the tip of the iceberg. But no more pictures, please. As funny as that was. I was in the the gym Mm -hmm. and there was a woman went into the cubicle talking to somebody at work on her mobile phone. And I know it was work. She was talking about staffing and who was where. 
mm. continued talking to her friend while weeing, which I could hear, so clearly the person on the phone could hear, mm. finished, flushed the chain, rustle, rustle of all the paper and all that stuff, flushed <laughs> the chain, came out, carried on talking. I thought if I was the employee and someone had just had a slash while talking to me on the phone, I would resign or I would sue them for something or other. But are you sure she wasn't just very good at using the mute button? Because you can actually have a conversation with somebody whilst you're, you know, but she was indisposed. talking though. Mm, you did say that she, you were quite. Clear. You have you haven't rung me, have you? While you've been on the bog. Me. Yeah, that's not the way I roll, Lucy. Good. Well, okay, once or twice, but like, but I'm have really you? good. No, no, I, I, I don't think that I have. I don't think that I have. Okay, well, for future reference, don't ever do that. No, but I'm really good with the mute. But I have on time. I have on the odd occasion had to have a call of nature whilst speaking to somebody. But you, but you make sure that when you're speaking to them, right nothing's happening and then when they answer you hit mute then you flush the chain that's what you do right that's the reason why the mute button was invented on a phone mm. well Seriously. i don't like it yuck listen you've done it yourself you've I done haven't. it before. i promise you Lucy, i have not you're not a human being if you, i'm not saying you do it as a regular thing but i'm just saying once i promise you i've never done it a while ever Mm. All right. Well, you're purer than the rest of us then. You're better than I the am. rest of us. Yes. St. <laughs> Lucy of the no flush. That's, that's you. <laughs> On that note, flush folks. free, Lucy. <laughs> yes, sorry. Let's come back to the side with a bit of your cool bear. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Joe Colbert here calling with the social media roundup for the week. 
Let's dive straight in. Um, Praise Jesus. Can I get an amen? We're going to talk about Shula's new career plan. Will Shula be the new vicar of Dibley without the laughs? Straight off the bat, Anne Charles raised a very interesting point. She said, I thought Shula stopped worshipping in Ambridge when Janet was vicar because she didn't agree with female priests. If um, my memory serves me correct, this latest move is quite hypocritical. Now, actually, do you know what, Anne? I vaguely remember something myself, but I can't actually remember it. So if any Dumpty Dumbers out there know, um, then let us know. Um, Maybe this is one for Cosmo. um, What happened? when Janet was uh, the vicar because it would be a bit hypocritical then again Shula she's not exactly a stranger to hypocrisy if you ask me Jackie Fear says I hope she decides to take a vow of silence and Yvonne Addy said I'm just glad you can skip forward on the podcast can't think of anything I want to listen to less than Shula getting her god on um, so not a love, lot of love for Shula so far. Jennifer Surtees said, though, Alan's chat with her was excellent. I was worried it would be presented as an easy process. My husband started the process six years ago and still isn't ordained. Um, yeah, actually, Jennifer, I know somebody who has gone through the ordination process and it took like forever. You know, that congratulations card was sat <laughs> with dust on my shelf for quite a long time before I could write it out. Caroline Pierce, though, says that this is Shula's midlife crisis. One, realise you're divorced and unhappy. Two, get divorced. Three, look for something else to do. Four, decide to become ordained. But I'm sure she's doing it for all the right reasons. Do I detect a little bit of sarcasm there, Caroline, at the end? But let's go on to another person who's dividing quite a lot of opinion, um, which is Natasha. Will Ramsey posted something this week that said plot prediction. Natasha is bipolar, maybe? Uh, what do you think? Is it going EastEnders? Inga Blackford uh, Mewburn said, I think she's just having a pretty normal reaction to the general craziness of Ambridge. <laughs> yeah, coming in from the outside, you would find it a bit much, really, wouldn't you? Um Sarah Nieper said she's got cold feet after she got married and her fears were well-founded. Living in Ambridge and being <laughs> being married to an archer would be suffocating to most people. Yeah, I wouldn't want to marry into that family. Charlotte Eyre says, though, that actually this is a lot more to do with Tom. She says Tom is treating her like a child, so she's reacting like one. Um, He backed out of the the house, booked a honeymoon without consulting her. He just told her what was going to happen as if she was a child. So in true child form, she threw a wobbly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that as well. I I just don't think the relationship's very um, healthy. Hmm... Now, I caused a bit of controversy this week when I posted something saying that I really don't like the single Wicket episode each year. Um, You know, Kenton on the sound system, the quirky blast of music, it all just kind of winds me up a bit. But I gave people, um, you know, a challenge. Change my mind on this. And you kind of did. Well done, Dumpty Dummers. Stuart Arundale said, oh, come on. Kate and Natasha bonding, Hilda on a day out, a Game of Thrones reference, and Chris Bold in the Ghoulies, classic The Archers. Yeah, it was actually, more to think about it. 
Denise mm. Tomlinson, a.k.a. Dusty Substances, the wrong kind of listener, um, said, I love it. This is my Ambridge, along with the fate, flower and produce, stir-up Sunday and Panto. The nuances of village life are far more entertaining to me than the drama and melodrama we get too much of the time now. Yeah, I can see that, actually. Perhaps I don't... I, I do wonder sometimes whether the whole Rob storyline has kind of put things out a bit of whack we're kind of expecting drama and stuff like that maybe i need to really embrace the kind of the the day-to-day stuff again um so yeah maybe i think you might be changing my mind on this one however joshua yoda didn't agree said um said it's about as much fun as looking at wedding photos on the radio (laughs) um yes Jane Gage actually put it into a bit of a wider context when she said, Part of the appeal of the Archers is the calendar of events throughout the year which is comforting in an unstable world. Um, I really like that comment and that did resonate with me a little bit. However, the best comment posted on that particular thread, which I'm going to read out in full because it's worth it. Uh, in fact, my, probably my comment of the week comes from Kelly Crocovero, um, who, in the finest traditions of a vaguely sarcastic but very funny post, posted this. Roll up, roll up. Come and see the world's most boring hippie carrying a cat and listen to the secret conversations of a dry old Welsh bird with daddy issues who might be up the <laughs> duff. Stare in wonder at the strange man-child as he spins discs from 40 years ago, calling them hits. Gasp in horror at the pretend couple who are attempting to nest in the two up, two, up, two down before she runs back into the arms of the alluring ca- carrot grower whose middle name is Danger. I made that bit up. Tom's middle name is Derek, probably. Be inspired knowing that your life is way better than anything you can possibly imagine in a fictitious world of dropouts, warflowers and ne'er-do-wells. It's what bank holidays were made for. Well done, Carl Kelly. I love that, that comment from you. And I will say, you did win me over. Um, uh, many of you won me over. Yeah, OK, I'm going to give a bit of slack on the single wicket. Oh, that sounded a bit rude, didn't it? We also asked, (laughs) what um, challenges would you set Ian and Adam? Um, Because obviously Kate's going to set them some challenges and stuff like that. Um, And there wasn't much sympathy for them. Joanna Powell said, have a discussion about who's actually going to be giving up work and caring for this unfortunate sprog. They both seem to think it won't be either of them. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Paul Green, obviously no love for this relationship here, said, challenge them to find anything in common, genuine shared goals or some kind of passion. The relationship is only because they're the only gays in the village and they don't want to be alone rather than actually be right for each other. Paul, I've thought that for ages. I've never been a fan Mm. of this relationship. Um, It's always seemed so stilted and desperate yeah. in times and also as well you know that adam's not really you know because every chance he gets he's you know up the polytunnels with pavel charlie thomas you know stuff like that anyway and just to finish 
we had a poll this week. Has the bunting story gone too far? I mean, we found out a little bit more by the end of the week, but has it gone too far? So we put a poll in the field, as they say in political circles, and the people spoke. And the answer, the choices were, has this gone on long enough, the bunting story? So the answers were, no, I want it to carry on because um, I like the mystery. Or just tell me who did it already. Well, just tell me who did it already. 71%. So most people want some resolution on this. You're listening, script writers. You gave us a little bit of resolution. Time to wrap it up. And talking of wrapping up, I'm going to wrap up. So that's the social media roundup for the week. Been rambling on a bit, so I'll go now. You've got the lovely Millie Bell next week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. I, I slightly, di- I slightly disagree about about the bunting, just very slightly. We don't need all this sleuthing nonsense and uh, scarecrows with ransom notes. Um, what it should have just been is just quietly in the background for years, people just commenting on the missing bunting, and then you have a deathbed mm. confession in fifteen years' time, <laughs> where somebody says, "It was me." And then that's that they, it. That they ran over the bunting in their car. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you. Um, regarding the, uh, the 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 Shula hypocrisy thing, uh, mm. my friend Susan Quilliam um, went on Twitter when when uh, Shula made her announcement and said Shula becomes a vicar. The woman who boycotted St. Stephen's when they had a woman vicar, and it's Janet in brackets, the same till death do we part who dumped Alistair but still wants him on tap. Mm. So, yes, uh, that is correct. He did. Um, She did. uh, Yeah, I remember that happening, actually. She boycotted St. Stephen's because of um, uh, Janet being the vicar. But, uh, you know, I I know anybody can... um, can can change their mind when they realise that they're wrong, but Sheila doesn't really ever say that she's wrong. She just sort of quietly adjusts her position. Mm. Yeah, I had forgotten completely about... I forgot that Janet was even a character for a time and she was brought in to show that the Church of England was modernising, blah, blah, blah. But that was a big deal for Sheila, it was. Yeah, you know, a woman taking the sac, you know, giving out the sacrament or something or another, and it was a big deal. And I forget who was yeah. going to the church and said, "Shula, I haven't." I think it was Clary, because Clary always goes to church and says, "You know, Shula, I missed you," and she says, "I just can't go." You know, I'm off down to the neighbouring church. Hmm. There should at least be some passing reference to the fact that she's realised that you know um, a woman can you know, give a service. But yeah, anyway, I I said the other thing which I I noticed about um, the actor that plays Shula, Mm -hmm. she's very deft on the mic. She never gives a straight line. There's always a a hesitation at the start. Um, She deviates halfway through. It's very well written and very well delivered. It's incredibly human. You go back and listen to that scene uh, with Adam and it's a masterclass in voice acting from her part. Um, Alan is there as the authority figure, but it shows compassion. But listen to her responses and how she delivers them. Mm. 
it's it's incredibly believable. You know, we rag yeah. on the character of Shuler all the time. And and as I said on a dum de dum way back when, a load of the listeners hate her because they are Shuler. That's the truth of the matter. And they don't yeah. you know, it's <laughs> it's it's looking in the mirror. Yeah, it's self hatred. The the actor we don't give enough props to. We actually don't mm. because we just loathe the character. You know. And she's not a mass murderer. So again, it's like it's, it's great mm. writing and great acting. You know, she's fundamentally never really done anyone any harm, with the exception maybe of Alistair. And we all just go, ooh, you know, it, she just it's mm. so well played, so well played. Because she is every woman, every middle aged, middle England woman. And that's the reason mm. why so many people just dislike her. Anyway, mirror mm. headlines. Thank you very much, please. Um, biscuit fan spends 29 years extracting bourbon filling. <laughs> right then. <laughs> Enough okay. said. Can we uh, just, just tweaks just... of the week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Fine. Let's just do tweaks that. of the week now. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, Matt Underwood. Jill. Phil never saw me in my dressing gown until we were married. It was all leather or lo- leather and lingerie before that. <laughs> uh, Marmaduke. Um, my other half has taken to calling Jill's boyfriend Backdoor Leonard. I could have spared you that <laughs> mental image, but I didn't. <laughs> Backdoor Leonard. Um, dusty Substances. You know Tom and Natasha are a rubbish couple when Kirsty and Philip sound normal in comparison. Absolutely. Uh, Willem Harvey, has Shula ever considered organ donation? All of them in the next week, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and Jem Butters is Tweet of the Week. Shula, I admire your tenacity and faith and never giving up believing in me. However, I do not believe in you. Do not get ordained, I beg you. Please, warmest regards, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit harsh god uh <laughs> right folks it's that's the gonna... ultimate though isn't it if you think about it from shula's point of view mm. even god doesn't want her i mean that's <laughs> that's shit isn't it that really is pants mm. folks <laughs> dumdydum.com go there um it's got shops got some other awesome things there uh, for you to participate in also uh, you can buy your mugs your WDOM t-shirts and uh, very soon you'll be able to um, to get your tickets for, for the next WDOM live which will be uh, in Birmingham on November the 9th oh, we're going to do the WDOM awards aren't we Lucy that's what we're going to do oh yeah yeah right so I'll tell oh, you what yes. I'll tell you what you can do uh, dear listeners let's, let's crowdsource this let's have the hive mind working on this uh, we need, let's say, six categories uh, for you to vote on. So it's like actor of the, you know, best scene, best actor, blah, 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 blah. And then also some dum dum ones as well. So best, um, you know, best caller in a row. So why don't you uh, go onto dumdydum.com, go to contact us and give us your suggestions of what the award category should be for November's award ceremony, which will happen in Birmingham. Do you remember what the uh, what the dress code was last time, Luce? Uh It was um, n- nice clothes and wellies, wasn't it? Exactly. So we're going to do that again. So you got to come in your best bib okay. and tucker. So it's black tie, 
but with wellies. And I remember Kerry Davis, you know, he he came properly resplendent, didn't he? You know, he was like, he weren't messing yeah. around and stuff. He looked properly dashing. And he then always Harrison. does. He's the only man I know who wears a four-piece suit. Four-piece? That's the joke. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So dumdydum.com, folks, go ahead, save my blushes by going on to uh, contact us and telling us what categories we should do for the archers and also for Dumby Dum for the award ceremony in Birmingham. Um, yet again, I haven't done the list of the people who've written us a review on iTunes because I'm just like crap like that. Considering when Lucy uh, called me, I was actually washing up the dishes. I had loads of time to spare today. I just forgot. So we will do this next week. But if you want to hear your name on the podcast next week, why don't you go on to um, Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck Apple are calling it at the moment, write us a review, <laughs> and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll mention you next week. And we do have a roll call of people who've written reviews for us in the last, oh, I don't know, six months, five months, something like that. Uh, so we need to thank you. So that's one way of getting on the show and showing us your support. Is there anything in red that you want to read out, Lucy? Yes. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via speak pipe on the website <clears throat> or you can call and I'm going to do this slowly. 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Mm, awesome. And don't forget, folks, um, only the Patreon subscribers are going to get this. But in the next week, you're going to have an interview with Susie Rids, who plays Tracy Horribin, and with Michael Lunsden, who plays our Alistair. So you only get those choice bits of content, folks, if you are a Patreon subscriber. So if you want to hear those interviews, go on to patreon.com and uh, donate $2 per show and you get the choice bits of dum-de-dum that the hoi polloi, the riffraff, just don't get. Now, uh... <laughs> This show came out of Twitter, quite simply. Uh, if you want to hear Dum De Dum here, follow Dum De Dum on said same platform. Um, just type in Dum De Dum and basically you get loads of yokel bear. Though, I tell you, right, for a man who had the week off work and was putting pictures of himself on social media lying in bed, there wasn't an awful lot of Dum De Dum output from you in the last week, Mr. Yokel Bear. <laughs> like, you know, Lucy, I'm I'm sorry, but I couldn't believe the face of the man. Right. Like, he's like, on Facebook, oh, here's me under the duvet, everybody. It's Monday. I'm not going to work. Well, get on Twitter then, man, and start tweeting. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can take your phone to bed. Anyway, so, yeah, dum-de-dum on, on the Twitters is fundamentally our Yokel Bear. I can be found at Royfield and Lucy can be found at? Lucy V. Freeman. Though, I don't know about Lucy, but I've just about given up on the platform. But if you want to see Jordan Henderson just hug his dad and just, you just want to just go, just want to melt, just go on to a, just go onto my Twitter timeline. It's the last thing I've, I've tweeted. And, I, and I've, I've decided I'm only going to tweet nice things. So people can say, you're shit, you're uncontroversial, you can't write for shit, don't care, right? I'm not putting out any more negativity into the world, Lucy, because I'm fed up of it, All right? That's yes, just good. me just doing nice things. When people do nice things, that's what I'm going to put out. And Jordan Henderson is that. No one said that to you, though, have they? That you're no. uncontroversial? 
Well, no. Oh, I, I see. You're just imagining I, that they might. I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. I'm not clever enough to con- to condense. And I'm just. You know what? It's not even this clever enough. I'm not angry enough about ninety nine percent of things to condense them into. 280 characters and to think, you know, job mm. done. You know, I'm contributing. I'm just not. I'm quite happy that I'm not, to be honest with you. So that's me. Um, right, so that's that. Facebook, go out of Facebook, type in Dumby Dum, and you get some Dumby Dum stuff. Just whilst I've got your ears, listener, um, you know I love my Lucy. Uh, uh, she's my podcasting wife. I am slightly having a little thing behind her back with, with Claire from Clapham and it's called Map Corner. So why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> we don't do it as frequently. I have to find out like this. <laughs> we don't do it as frequently as Lucy and I. You know, we're not at it like knives like Lucy and I, but we do sneak away <laughs> once a month and do a little thing called Map Corner. And um, I... I it, it's not massively dissimilar to Dumby Dum, but at the heart of it is conversations about, I'm not, I'm not even going to say maps, actually just about the world and where people are is, is probably the most accurate thing. So why don't you give Map Corner um, a little bit of a listen and um, yeah, and while away your, ta- your podcasting time doing that in the next week or so. Right, Lucy. Oh my God, I nearly forgot the flick app. Lucy, fire. Mm. It's fire, right? Um, I tell you, one of the things which I love about being part of this old Dumpty Dum community is how new conventions kind of come around. And uh, Drew from Hamilton has spotted this. So on the welcome thread, people have started, because everybody's from all over the world, all over the world. Yeah. So Drew from Hamilton's got a little Canadian flag and a Japanese flag. Um, Megan Scott's got the Union Jack next to her name. I've got, guess what I've got? Guess what I've got? Let's talk about me. We never talk about Jamaican flag. Well, I've got four. So I've got UK. Yeah, exactly. UK, Jamaica, America. Then I put Canada in for good measure because I spent so much time there. Uh, Phoebe... um, Fag, uh, figure Lily has got uh, the US and and it was basically Drew that said hmm this is actually quite a good idea of adding adding flags to your name because it doesn't half signify you when when you're quickly scrolling through those messages and stuff and we have our first Jamaican uh, member on on the app. Hey! Now I don't know if it's Shink or Shinky, uh, but uh, she she's there and she's a little bit behind with the Dumpty Dums at the moment, Lucy. You might want to know, but she's catching up at a furious pace. And um, and then we've got Philippa Hall, whose husband is also from Jamaica, Saint Elizabeth. Don't you know? It's quite posh in Saint Elizabeth. It's the middle of the island, Lucy. Just just yeah, you probably knew that. And uh-huh. um, and uh, but she used to work in Kingston. But anyway, go on to the app. The link for it is in the show notes and it's online and there are 300 plus dumpy dummers chatting 10 to the dozen on this thing it's a lot of fun it's vitriol free it's funny it's charming and the dinner thread is still my favorite one (laughs) cheers cheers Mm. right uh i'm 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 done loose 
I I need yeah, to have, I need too. to have a shower. I need to get up now. I need to get on with my day, and uh, that's it. Uh, I've, I've got nothing more to give. Okay. Or Amsterdam Dave again here. I try, oh, I did call earlier. Hopefully, oh, got through to you. I left my credentials. Uh, what a Gabriel and uh, Lillian, the, 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 the Queen of Borchester Gin and Tonic set. Uh, actually, I haven't heard much from her lately. I haven't seen her falling out of her Rolls Royce for her nickel down her ankles recently. Maybe maybe her and uh, what's her faces, uh, you know, well, I don't know. He just had a car, he's taken away to an asylum, probably. But, uh, no, no, uh, Wills, Wills. You see, I can just see it. I can believe Elizabeth and Wills going for it. But unfortunately, the script wrote is slightly fucked up the first stage of it. A bit like Theresa May over Brexit negotiations and all. You know, I mean, Elizabeth doesn't work like that. She would have just come around and started undressing, you know, having checked that Papi was out of the way, looking at the pigs down in Netherfield or something. But she'd say, oh, Wills, your, your biceps, your triceps, your, oh, God, you're such a man. You know, you go hunting in the forest and shooting defenseless wild animals. I love you. And you go, oh, you're not so bad yourself. You know, there'll be a furious encounter on the kitchen table. And, um, you know, we could go from there, you know. At least it would get Wills out of his depression. And, and it would, see, thing is, ever since they started giving Matt Elizabeth those funny mental pills, she's got all rabid, you know. I mean, she even wants to shag that Ralph or whatever he's pretty called. Her daughter's waste of space from the comprehensive school. You know, I mean, bloody hell. I mean, at least, you know, oh, you know, anyway. That ain't going to work, is it? So there you go. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 